do you consider yourself normal? Then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals show. Listening to Byron and Alicia, the Weird Mountain Gals. My grandpa was in politics. You yeah, know, they so, were. So the whole family was, really. Right. Well, for sure it was a family thing. For sure. And that, not to mention, you know, they. my grandma was the operator and they knew everybody in town. And everybody knew them and they were just, oh boy, you can't act out. And that was one thing that I really loved about Asheville as compared to Robbinsville. Because in Robbinsville, I couldn't go anywhere or do anything without my grandma knowing about it. Mm. I mean, she knew everything that went on in that county. And I, I did, it compelled me to behave because I didn't want her to worry about me. In Asheville, I wasn't related to anyone except for my immediate family. And to me, that equated to, oh good, I can go to this concert and I can wear this shirt that says this thing. You know, I can do whatever. I guess that was my version of acting out. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Now that I know what acting out really is. I was going to say, that's not too much acting out, but I hear you. Yeah, I know. I was was pretty tame. People talk about, yeah, I want to live in an old-fashioned neighborhood. or (laughs) Like I grew up in in a cove in West Bogot, Buncombe County. But the thing about growing up, like that is that everybody knows your business. Yeah. There aren't any secrets. That's exactly the truth. If you think it's a secret, there's not secrets. Whereas in a big city, you can be as anonymous as you want to be. Yes. Absolutely. And there's there's something real sweet about that. When you went to London, was it London that you lived in for a while? Uh Uh-huh. Did did you have that feeling? I did. Because, I mean, not only was it not the place I grew up, it was not even the country I grew up. That's so true. the thought of seeing somebody that I knew, I mean, it just, it wouldn't happen. I mean, it happens sometimes here. Like, we were in New York, I don't know, 20 more years ago, and just walking through the theater district and ran into two different people that we knew. Oh, and wow. They worked together. Wow. <laughs> they were waiting online to get tickets for oh. shows. And we were just like out going to lunch or something. And I was like, oh, hey, golly, what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, New York is the crossroads of the world, and we're theater people, so to see theater people in the theater district in New York, is not, that's not too unusual. No, I guess not. Hey, speaking of theater people in New York, I, I we have a mutual friend that uh, went into theater. mutual friends. Yeah, no, I mean in New York that's working in theater, and I think that's how he met you. Yeah, so, yeah, his name was David. Uh, he goes by Davidson now. I'll send you a link to his profile or something if oh, you want good. me to. The way we knew each other was 
were we were in the same neighborhood in uh, West Asheville, and he was my brother's age, uh, which would be eleven months younger than me. And he and my brother would run around the neighborhood. You know, they were best buddies, best buddies. And I just can't imagine who that is. But you send me the link. I will, and I believe he's a very talented person. I mean, we've been on we've been Facebook friends for a number of years now. And so I, I would see his posts as they come up, and he's always got a picture of himself with somebody famous, and that he's he works in or worked at the, I don't know, he's done all kinds of things in theater, and some of them have been really cool things. So yeah, yeah, we should have him on the show and have him see if he can do a magic trick for us on the show. Oh, nice. Because, you know, there's magic, and then there's magic. <laughs> That's right. Every, the whole, yeah. Absolutely. It's all magic. It's like, just like people hearing a voice on the telephone for the first time had to ma think that it's magic. There you go. <laughs> like you have a box in your kitchen and you put all your dirty dishes in it and you push a button and then they're clean. Magic. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> so, Byron. Yeah. When you were living in London, I'm sorry I'm on that kick right now. That's when, okay. Did you go and see the places that maybe the Beatles had played? Or No, God, no. I was only there for theater and museums. Only theater. So I would, uh, I would have a really big breakfast. I would eat as much as I could possibly hold mm -hmm. so that I didn't have to eat again until way late in the day, and then I would just have a little something mm. uh, so I could spend all my money going to theater. And, what, and I saw amazing theater while I was there. You I knew I was getting ready to ask you about that. Yeah. What was your most, the one that stands out the most to you? Oh, golly. I don't know. I saw, um, I saw Derek Jacoby do um, Hamlet. Hmm. That was good. Uh, Julian Glover played Claudius. And um, he had these, like, mid-thigh leather boots. <laughs> And what I, what, that awful, what I remember <laughs> is that he knelt down to pray in the scene where Hamlet does not kill him. Oh. And he, now he went from a standing position slowly down to kneel. And those boots were so supple that they just bent with him. Wow. Oh, gorgeous, gorgeous. Wow. <laughs> I mean, and Derek Jacoby was good, too. He was a little old to play Hamlet at that point. But, yeah, he's a wonderful actor. What theater did you see? Stuff at the Old Vic and at the Young Vic and at the Royal Shakespeare. I just saw lots and lots. Wow! 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 So cool. Well, so speaking of the Royals, did you did you get into any of the stuff about the Royals uh, while you were there? You know, people talk about them and people go and visit the palace and so on and so forth. Did you do any touristy things like that? I did. I went to see the changing of the guard at Buckingham Palace. Cool. Because you know I. I think I was actually on my way from one place to another place, mm -hmm. and there was a big crowd there, and I thought, oh, I looked at my watch, what time is it? Oh, I could watch that, so I watched that, it was, eh, you know. That's very it was cool. all right. Did it's you... very traditional, and they've been doing it for a long, long time, so. That's kind of cool. Did you, uh, did you ride the train and go other places in Europe? Oh, uh, when, no, when I was in London, I was primarily in London. Um, I lived, I changed my um, address 
and lived up in North London for a little while, but mostly I lived down in Southwest One, you know, down in Westminster. Now I know uh, what Southwest One means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, I spent a lot of time, you know, in Victoria, wow. in the whole Victoria area, and went to a lot of museums, went to a lot of churches and cathedrals. and Bookstores? Yeah, it was good. It was good. I had a little bitty job, uh, under the table job. I probably shouldn't even talk about this, but it was like 50 years ago. Um, and, yeah, I, I, my intention was to just disappear and to be a... To be an undocumented immigrant. Well, but then I got word that I'd gotten into graduate school, so I came home. <laughs> okay. Well, I get that. That's that's a neat life, I, I guess. London. And I went to London with a broken heart. I just finished college and had broken up with my long-term boyfriend. And London healed me, and it healed me in a lot of ways because I lost a bunch of weight and I because I did a lot of walking I walked as um, many places as I could yeah but yeah London healed me I still I still am grateful to it for that what did you think of these cemeteries oh beautiful beautiful not as not as creepy wonderful as the ones in Scotland because mm. the ones in Scotland are super creepy <laughs> uh, but yeah I went to some cemetery well well so by the Thames because I really love that old river. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was good. It was a good time. That and sounds. It was, it was good for me. You know, it reminded me what I what I could do, what I was capable of. Yeah, and so it gave you that world off. perspective. Yeah, yeah, That's... and I've been there twice before, so it's not like I was a stranger. I kind of knew my way around. Hmm. And that that. Did you did you journal any of that? I bet you did. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Do you ever go back and look so, at it? I told you like last week or the week before. I've got boxes of journals, boxes of. <laughs> I know. I see. See, that's the kind of thing though that somebody could go back and read and really enjoy. Because uh-huh. I mean, serious. I'm not kidding. And well, of course, I've never seen your journal, so I don't know. I mean, it could be had raisin bran at eight a.m. <laughs> Evaluating well, my vows at eight thirty. There is a there is a little bit about my life in London in that anthology that uh, Kate Laity and I put together called uh, "My Wandering Uterus." Yeah, it's travel writing. The story I wrote there has a lot about about what London was like because I you know I make friends ultimately I make friends and have people to hang out with it was good that sounds like it well I read I think I got most of the way through that book and I gave I gave my mom a copy of that book did you know that no yeah I don't know if she read it or not I really don't and I haven't asked her and I need to probably just see so I was, I don't know why I did. I think I was just telling her about you, that you existed and and that you were my friend and that you were an author. And I said, oh, she wrote this book. And I went to this, I think I went to maybe the book, uh, the opening or whatever you call it. What do you call it? The day that you go and. Uh, book launch. Yeah, the book we launch. We had a bunch of the writers in for that too, like seven or yeah, eight. Yeah, yeah. 
that was a lot of fun. That was that the, was at, at uh, Raven and Crown. It was at uh, oh. yep. Uh, and me never, I could just not have seen that I would work there someday. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It was, and you know what, we were all in that small library together, and there was a pretty good lot of people, and we were that close, and not one of us thought twice about not having a mask. You mean, wait, At when? the book launch there. Oh, yeah, well, that was, that was the before time, wasn't it? It was. Things have changed forever. The job market has changed forever. Money values have changed forever. You know, lots of things have changed forever in people's minds since this virus. And so, you know, in a weird way, we all were, we, some of us were dreading change and some of us have been paying change lip service for a long time. And then it happens and it, we realize how fucking uncomfortable it is. especially on um, uh, people picking our food. Yeah. They were saying that it was, you know, it was 10 years ago that somebody died in the fields. It was 105 degrees, and they had worked 10 hours without any shade, probably without any water, mm. without any breaks. I mean, mm. that's just slavery. That is. Edwin McCain wrote a song about that sort of thing although it was when it was some migrants that were coming across the border to work and it was talking about working conditions and how the bosses treated them but anyway at some point they found uh, the truck that they had loaded them all in and so many of them had died and their bodies never hit the floor because they were packed in so tight and it's like god Anyway, hey, we weren't going to get dark, so. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not even in a bad mood. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even in a bad mood, so I don't know why I'm, you know, going there over and over again with you. I'm telling you, we are, we are in a dark and dire place right now. Yeah. And people are not realizing that, and I'm tired of being chicken little. Yeah. So they're just going to have to figure it out. I'm done. Done. You know what? Delicious brown rice, and then I'm going to saute some mushrooms, uh, onions. It's going to be super good. Hmm. Hmm. I guess I should probably think about supper, but I'm not in the mood right now to think about supper. I'd well, rather... We're not at that point in the podcast yet. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, that's it. Well, you said, you said you're tired of being like Chicken Little. And I was thinking, what a great T-shirt that would be, or bumper sticker. Tired of being Chicken Little? Yeah, I'm tired of being Chicken Little. I mean, people, probably older people, who've heard the story would instantly catch the, the meaning of that, don't you think? Oh, yeah, I think so. Especially if you have, like, a mask there or something. Or put it on a mask. Put that on the mask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not chicken little. I'm not the boy who cried wolf. No, you're not. No, you are not. <laughs> but it and it does get old after a while. It does, and there are so many people that that contact me, and they really, really need you know some complicated help that I can't give them. Mm. 
You know, I can. I did that thing on Facebook yesterday of everybody's tired and exhausted and heavy, weighted down, and mm-hmm. here's a little spell you can do. <laughs> people love the little spell, so maybe that will fix something. I hope it will for them. I hope so. Well, it has an influence, and so you're right about it will influence them, and it'll it'll go out in ripples. It will. You said to me last week, I made some comment to you about some product or something. Hey, we could do this. What do you think about that? I'll bet people would love it, right? <laughs> it's like the dog running around the yard comment Craig would make. And you said, well, yeah, we'd probably sell a million of them. But do you really want those people out there hexing people? And I thought, oh, my God, she is so right about that. Well, because they love it. That's a big thing right now among the, you know, the TikTok and the Twitter. Yeah. And the, you know, whatever crowd. They're all about hexing people. And, oh, yeah. Um, you need to understand what that means. And none of, almost none of them do. Well, they don't. And so I have spoken to at least one of them about that, who I felt like was going to put herself in danger um, and not realize it over something so trivial that it was, you know, insane to think about it. But that's honestly, that's one of the things about Lisa's shop that I like is she, the baby witches, as we call them, the folks who are new, she treats them well. It's like none of them get made fun of. They come over there and there's a library and they can ask questions and look at stuff. And, you know, a bunch of them have been walking in. I can't tell you. I mean, a bunch of them have been walking in. It's not right to to belittle those people. They're just no. learning. Right. That's what I mean. But yeah. but the tendency. I've heard it. I've heard other, maybe more experienced practitioners. I've heard them kind of have that tone of voice and maybe say some things that weren't all that nice about them. But it's like, damn, did you just were born with all your knowledge? Or did you have to start out somewhere yourself? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, but yeah, she treats she treats them well, and she tries to, yeah. But and that is what we ought to do for you know, for them, in my opinion. God, but who am I to have an opinion? And let's let's figure out. Don't we have something hokey we can talk about? You know, I can tell you my big exciting news. I've got exciting, happy, happy news. Yay! I have a new clothesline. Whoa. Yep. I went to the hardware store yesterday, and I bought a big old hank of rope. And <laughs> go put up the new clothesline. I mean, we just replaced the old clothesline. Let's just be clear. Yeah, that's but it big. was starting to get frayed and, and ravelly and all that. So we have <laughs> a nice, shiny, tight new clothesline. That's big that's news. Wonderful. That's awesome news. You know... Mine has lasted and lasted and lasted. I am so pleased with mine. I can't even tell you. It's uh, it's that round one that I showed you on the iPad a long time yeah. ago. And when the weather is getting ready to get bad, you can just pull it like an umbrella. It'll just, you know, done. Nice. And square footage on it is the same as if I had two big long lines mm-hmm. out there, which actually... To me, you know, I rarely fill it up. I'm usually it's like one load and that's it. 
but uh, but yeah, so I'm really pleased. Any of yeah. I think a clothesline is the way to go. I do too. I mean, we our our dryer quit when Kate was a baby, and we made the decision then not to replace it. Well, which was a little hard in diaper land, but you know we managed it. Uh, I don't I don't do my underwear outside. I don't dry it outside. <laughs> you know, but or anybody's underwear really but the rest of it I like to have it out on a line it just it smells better it does smell better and I like what it does with towels because it makes them just that little bit stiff which means when Mm -hmm. I'm drying off it's like ah, stimulating (laughs) (laughs) well and it also they absorb better see the tendency is to go put a thousand fluff puffs in a dryer and make everything feel like a ball of cotton but that doesn't mean that you're going to get more absorption in your washcloth and towel no it means you're going to be less and i tell you what i i hate a towel that won't absorb water what's the point yeah what is the point exactly and i'm i was glad that you said that about that stuff that sticks to your skin those towels what is that called that oh that microfiber yes Oh, I hate that stuff. Oh, oh, I hate it. You know, that stuff is great for cleaning um, a musical instrument. But honestly, yeah. I can't I stand it. I a little piece of that in with my fiddle, and I do use it for that. Do you? Uh-huh. <laughs> but we used but, uh, to use cheesecloth before microfiber. Yes. <laughs> well, what I was using was an old sock, an old cotton sock. Uh, and I just put my hand in the sock, and then I'd be like under the strings and around the corners. It's good. <laughs> Did you ever play in a band or sing in the chorus or anything? Yeah, I sang in the chorus, and I sang in a little gospel group in middle school, and sang in that you know the Greenwood Consort mm-hmm. chorus and carolers. So yeah, I've sung in groups a lot. Okay, that's fun stuff. It is fun. I like it. I miss it. Yeah. I loved being a band nerd. I did. And I, I, I was I, never in band because the only, only instrument I played growing up was the piano. You don't get to be in band yeah. with that. Well, I, I was band and theater. Uh, and I've still got my class ring, as a matter of fact. And it's got, it's got music on one side and the theater mask on the other side. Oh, uh, yeah, nice. Yep. That's like one of the few things I still have. Hmm. I forgot yeah. it existed too, but yeah, I might have to put that thing on someday. <laughs> we, I've gone to a few reunions now. Uh, do you go to your reunions? No, I went once. I think for my twenty twentieth or twenty fifth. Just didn't like it. No, I didn't <laughs> like those people when I went to high school. <laughs> That's well, I didn't like most of them. You know what I found? It was mostly a good experience, Um, mostly, I say. But for the most part, people were less stuck up. Seemed like... Than they they were in high school. Right, except for one one or two little cliques. You know, high school had all these little cliques. You had band nerds, and you had the uh, farmers, and you had the, the auto mechanics folks and you had the people who were latin club and and newspaper and theater and so on and there's all these little cliques of people 
And then I remember over at Robertson, there was this one clique of people who were just considered themselves the ultra best. And they dressed with the perfect preppy dress. You know, the guys were had the boat shoes and khakis and a Izod can, uh, canvas belt and uh, some sort of polo or Izod uh, shirt. If it was buttoned up, then it had to have the tab collars. You know, and they would generally wear, with their boat shoes, they would wear no socks mm-hmm. at all. And, and this was a formula. And these guys and these gals were beautiful to look at. They were almost all physically, physically good looking. And, but they were the ones that had the most problems at, the, at these reunions. Really? Yeah, really. They, they're the ones that they just didn't really want to associate. You know, and most of the time, most of our reunions, it's been that group that actually went to the trouble to put together a reunion. And so they would, you know, put together these reunions that were really expensive. It's like, we're going to go have, have dinner at the Biltmore or, or where the Bohemian or whatever. And then we'll meet in the morning for golf and whatever, whatever. Um, and so that was, I found that most of everybody else just kind of worked around it. And since social media came around, they would just make alternate plans. So while Buffy was out there, you know, dancing at the Biltmore, the rest of them would be somewhere at a bar talking about the old days. And that was the more fun part of the reunions, was getting to see everybody and stuff like that. And the first time I ever went to a reunion, I remember it was fully underway before I walked in. And when I did walk in, my first reaction was, wow, everybody's parents are here. <laughs> and I was like, no, wait. <laughs> oh, my God, you are our parents. So it was a weird sensation. Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have. So I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. WYRD Mountain Gals. WYRD Radio.